Lehoma. That means how are you doing or what's good in Cantonese, which if you didn't know is another form of Chinese commonly spoken in South China and Hong Kong. Today we have a special treat for you. No, it's not some of your mama's home cooking, but it's a little banter with one of the most insightful and interesting people I know. He's an aspiring teacher, current university student, and creative, my little brother Aaron. We'll be chatting about childhood, Asian parents, and the Asian American experience as a kid growing up in the Midwest for the first episode of the Third Culture Kingdom podcast. Let's get it. What's up, bro? Happy Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Appreciate you taking the time out to chat today, Aaron. How's life been for you? You know, it's been good. Uh, you know, obviously during these unprecedented times, had a lot of time to think about kind of what's coming ahead, um, what life is like right now, how my, you know, my my school year has been, and um, you know, kind of had time to consider some of the relationships that I consider closest to me. So it's it's been good. You know, I've had a lot of time to work on personal projects and. Uh, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what God has in store. So, Awesome, awesome. I definitely feel you there. Um, I wanted to discuss a little bit about the Asian American experience with you and uh, for us to share that with our audience today. Um, but before we get into that, um, obviously I've spent a lot of time with you over the years, but for those who haven't, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, as you've mentioned, my name is Aaron. Uh, yeah, I currently am an aspiring teacher. Uh, I didn't want to teach really until probably my junior year of high school. I had some really awesome teachers growing up, and that kind of inspired me to look into the profession. Uh, as for myself and some of my own personal interests, uh, I honestly just love talking about deeper things or the deeper meaning behind things. And this kind of extends to you know a number of different mediums, uh, especially anime, TV shows, video games, books, that sort of thing. Um, I currently do video essays. That's kind of just been a, a hobby of mine that I've been, or I kind of took up this past year. So, awesome, awesome. On that note, also happy Teachers Appreciation Day, though you're not actually a teacher yet. <laughs> Was it the week? Happy Teacher Appreciation Week. They should make it a week if it is not already. But uh, shout out to all the teachers out there who are educating the the young ones out there because I know that it's hard and I have mad props. I give mad props and respect to to you because I could not do it personally. With that being said. Um, yeah, let's dive into your Asian American experience. Of course, we know it doesn't embody everyone's experience, but we hope that it relates to many, gives insight to others, and builds understanding among all. So what was it like growing up in an Asian American household for you? You know, what are some of the, the memories that you have? And, you know, how did you feel about that overall growing up in a in an asian american household is definitely definitely an experience uh you know i think over the course of my life i've certainly had moments where you know i wasn't wasn't super happy about being in an asian american household but you know at, at this current point in my life you know I'm, i i consider myself very blessed 
growing up, you know, there, there was my mom, my dad, and you and uh, our oldest brother. And, you know, honestly, it's, it's probably one, one of the best environments. Uh, we obviously, you and I got into fights a lot. We used to um, skirmish occasionally, I would say. And, you know, our, our oldest brother would, would break it up. And, you know, we agreed to the point I remember where uh, mom was like, I don't really care if you guys get hurt anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was... if you're going to fight then it's not my fault when you guys get hurt. <laughs> yep. I mean, basically, uh, you know, it was interesting because, you know, it separated kind of uh, mom was the more domestic master and dad was the more academic and work master, I guess is how I would define it. In regards to our workloads. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, mom would completely hand that stuff off to dad and dad would completely hand off that stuff to mom. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't really consider it, I think, until I hit elementary school. And I granted you're very young at that point, but that's like the first time you actually probably start interacting with people that are very different than you, that have very different backgrounds, that look different than you, you know, up to that point, uh, I'd spent only time with, you know, church group, cell group, um, Friday night Bible study, shout out, um, and, you know, their parents, so that was that was probably the first time that it was like, oh wow, like these people are different than me. But uh, you know, it was great growing up. Uh, Mom used to buy lots of educational video games for us, and uh, more like com- yeah, computer games, computer games. Yeah. Well, we didn't have you know a console or whatever, so it was on the computer. Uh, Windows ninety eight to be precise. Yes, Math Blasters and uh, Operation Neptune, um, Oregon Trail, those types of games, and. Uh, you know, obviously we didn't play it for the educational value. We just wanted to play the game, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there, there's some cool stuff in there, but, um, yeah, you know, growing up in the Asian household was, was a blast, you know? Awesome. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. <laughs> I definitely think that the Asian American childhood is shaped a ton by parents as well. So what was it like dealing with mom and dad who are Asian <laughs> as a kid? Yeah, mom, mom and dad are, are very different than us. Uh, yeah, I think you certainly had to sometimes adjust to them in the way that you responded or dealt with them. Um, yeah, I think growing up, uh, you know, one part of Asian culture is, you know, just a respect for authority. And, you know, this definitely translated in the way that I treated, like, any adult outside of mom and dad. Because um, it's like, well, they're adults, so you gotta you gotta treat them with respect because they know much more than us. And so it'd be kind of weird if I saw, like, some of my classmates have blowback or something like that. It'd be really weird to me. But in terms of dealing with, you know, dad, I always, I was scared of dad. You know, um, <laughs> there were a lot of things that yeah, I just did not want to tell him. You know, if it came to like academics or something, oh, it's terrifying. Um, it's even more terrifying if you went into like the school portal system and took a look at the grade and you'd be like, Aaron, come here. And you'd be like, ah, oh, crap. Like, here it comes. I don't think um, I really had too many of those specific moments, though I do remember actually in fifth grade i think yes i think it was fifth grade i remember there was a quiz on um 
man, it was on American history. I think the the Battle of Little Bighorn or something. I think there was a quiz on that on on a video we watched, and literally, I think I got a six out of ten or something, (laughs) and I felt so crappy and, yeah. and, and and definitely was scared to tell dad and i think i remember telling him to come upstairs to the bathroom or something so i could tell him and i was so uh, <laughs> so ashamed in my head i think and when i said it when i told him i was i was like crying or something i don't even remember and maybe he just said oh well you know well you know that you could have done better so you know next time better do the uh, do your best, but that's that's kind of I, I didn't really have too many memories with with academics at least regarding dad, but it seems like you have many more. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a I had a good amount. Uh, there was this one time where I think mom and dad were gone, basically a whole day, and I should have done this spelling assignment or whatever for homework, and I didn't. I actually played video games all day, but dad came home. <laughs> It was rough. That, that day was rough. I, I remember it very well. Um, but yeah, in terms of, you know, dad always had handled academics matter. In terms of mom, uh, mom would always chime in, like when dad was like lecturing me, like these little comments that I like thrown. Just lob a little, yeah, you know, and I, you know little I jab at you. Did not enjoy hearing those. But um, in her head, it's probably more like, I'm just giving him some, some wise right. words. <laughs> Um, but you know, mom, uh, she's always been a provider. Uh, she's one of the hardest working people, you know, I, I think I know for sure. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard mom complain necessarily about anything that had to be done. You know, if it's gotta be done, it's gotta be done. And, uh, for I'm very, very thankful for her showing that, that work ethic and, instilling parts of it to me i think i could have a better work ethic but there were definitely parts that mom that gave to me um yeah you know, i've always had a yeah i've had i've had a difficult moments with her for sure um yeah i think because we're such different people sometimes when we tried to communicate uh neither of us would exactly say what we wanted in the right way and so that caused even bigger disconnects um but, you know, I, I'm very appreciative of my mother and, um, you know, she's, she's a big blessing. So, yeah, I definitely think that the generational gap is one of those factors that contributes to the disconnect. And then you throw in the, the culture in which, you know, mom and dad grew up in. And that also creates more of a disconnect because you're just trying to navigate all these different barriers. But despite all that ton of blessings, ton of challenges as well. But I think the blessings definitely shine through. Um, I'm kind of just reminded of how, you know, I think mom and dad took that responsibility upon themselves to kind of just try and make sure that your responsibility, you know, and my responsibility was really just to focus on school and do what you needed to do in that avenue and granted you know could we have learned more (laughs) hands-on things we probably could have but I think for them in their heads in the way that they grew up 
they felt like honing those book smarts was going to really, really pave the way for where you want, we're going to go. So, um, mom, dad, love you. <laughs> um, I definitely feel like, you know, among third culture kids, they also probably felt a lot of those pressures as well. Um, and so I know that what we just talked about is more related to, you know, that bubble at home, but what was elementary school like and how were those interactions with your peers? My first friend in elementary school uh, was, uh, you know, I would say kindergarten, but, um, you know, he was, he was white. And so it was a little different on that end. And I used to go to Awana with him, which is like a Bible study group. Um, yeah, I don't remember too much of those days now, but I do, I do remember we were friends and, you know, you can, we were as close as you can be at, at that age. Um, granted, uh, we kind of separated apart once I entered a different program and he went into a different class. Um, and that's where I met, you know, my other elementary school friend who was also Chinese, but he was far different from how I'd grown up. Um, his parents were divorced and it was very strange for me that he often got what he wanted that seemed very strange to me and then also that he just like disliked all asian food uh that was very confusing to me because i was like i don't get how mac and cheese is better than like you know fun or something like that you know um but you know he was the second friend i made in elementary school and then after that all the rest of my friends were all, all white as well and i met them in varying grades. Uh, one of them was in third grade, then fourth grade, then sixth grade. Um, and that, I, th I think that's where I kind of finally began to see how different our cultures were, you know, outside of taking your shoes off in the house. Like I'd go to their houses and went out to take off my shoes, which yeah. kind of felt weird. Uh, you know, and I, I didn't like inviting them over to our house. One, because mom always put up significant resistance actually she'd usually be like the house is too messy or something like that you gotta clean it up um, <laughs> and then also because we didn't have like the consoles that they had like they often you know one of my friends had like a ps3 and he had like probably the biggest house so we, we would always try to go to his house whenever we plan these things out and also like whenever they came to our house uh, i felt you know kind of uncomfortable with mom and dad and my like these friends um it was probably because uh their parents seemed a lot more conversational with me than my parents did with them um and it was yeah i it was just such a unfamiliar feeling uh i i don't think i ever really got over it honestly um in regards to just your friends coming over and and wondering how they perceive things right a little bit of that um and unfortunately i think with those friends we never connected on a deeper level we were very surface level truthfully um 
you know, we played a lot of games together, but we never actually uh, talked about things that were happening in our lives. Um, but at the time, you know, my, my definition of friendship was, you know, friends do things together. And that was, that was kind of how I saw it. Um, so granted, you know, given all those, all those different things, you know, it, it was, it wasn't bad. You know, I, I think I certainly was able to navigate it to a certain degree, but, um, it's like you weren't aware of it probably. <laughs> right. You know, it's kind of just subconscious. Like, Oh, you like, you like star Wars. I like star Wars. Let's be friends. Sure, yeah, no, definitely. Um, um I kind of want to make a, deeper dive into that elementary school experience but how was the cafeteria uh experience for you how was lunchtime with with your peers at school like the cafeteria is a weird place man you know you have those tables and everyone can kind of see what you have people are trading and you know at the, at the time uh, I remember, I mean, I wrote about it, um, one of the pieces, but it was kind of the first time where I kind of saw this difference in culture and, uh, mom had made me a sushi roll with rice, seaweed, egg, and pork floss or rosung. And, you know, my, my friend at the time was, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a little strange in that sense. Cause he also has an eating disorder. Um, but basically he only eats like carbohydrates and he drinks V8s for his fruits and vegetables and he doesn't eat meat, which was like very strange to me, right? He'd eat like hot dog buns with ketchup, but yeah, you know, he, he's like, Oh, like, what is that? And I was like, Oh, it's seaweed. And yeah, he's kind of grossed out. Um, but on the other hand, like, you know, like I had those jello cup things and people always found those so interesting. It's like, Oh, like that's so cool. But then, like, you know, my seaweed got the reaction of, uh, so, you know, which one of these is, like, which one of these is technically my my culture? Right, is, right, right. That's really funny because, actually, you just reminded me of this one little story that uh, I recalled with those little jello things. And I remember, actually, selling one of the, or two two little jello little coconut jellos with uh to my friend for i think 25 cents that's what i told him and i said if he didn't pay me the next day then it would double and it would keep on doubling if he didn't pay me (laughs) and he literally didn't pay me and so supposedly you know he was supposed to owe me i don't even know thousand dollars now ten plus no i mean now it'd be billions of dollars maybe trillion dollars (laughs) but after i i found after i resigned to the fact that he wasn't gonna pay me i just kind of canceled the debt but that is my recollection about those (laughs) jellos you could have reaped a fortune man um but yeah no the cafeteria definitely is a space where either Bridges can be built or or where barriers are formed and and, um, it's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So we talked about school a little bit. Uh, I kind of want to 
take a turn into what uh, memories you you kind of recall regarding Chinese church and what that kind of entailed or or taught you over the years. Some of my earliest memories of Chinese church are you know, being asked questions in Chinese and responding in English. Solid. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the way I, I grew up, unfortunately. Um, you know, mom and dad would talk to me in Chinese and I would respond in English. Uh, so it, it's interesting because I have very, like, one-sided understanding. Um, like, my speaking is not the greatest, so when I try to respond, it's, like, often pieced together and sometimes doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but, you know, honestly, some of those memories are often based when we used to have church in elementary school. I believe, yeah, it was in elementary school. And, uh, you know, we used to have to get there very, very early. And, uh, you know, those, those were some rough days sometimes. Um, we weren't allowed to wander around the school. And uh, we'd get in trouble sometimes for that. Um, you know, and I think one of the, one of the things that's always very interesting to me that I, I've talked to, um, some other people about is the, the dual translation. You know, sometimes there are messages that were in Chinese and then you hear it in English. And if you understood both of them, then it's like, you're hearing the message twice in a row. Double sermon. Double sermon. Um, double portion. <laughs> double portion. But, uh, you know, some of my fondest memories of early Chinese church were Friday night Bible study. Uh, you know, I, I definitely had some really good friends there and they were, they were very strong childhood friends. Uh, we kind of grew, you know, apart when we hit, uh, youth years or teenage years, but that seems to be generally the case when like, you're also of different genders, um, which, you know, I, I think is kind of a bummer. And I've like, you know, try to rekindle that a little bit as, as time has gone on. Um, but you know, some of those, some of those times were some of the best, like we watch Veggie Tales, or, you know, we'd sing, you know, these Bible songs or whatever. And uh, we would read you know, different and do different worksheets and stuff like that. And so those were just very, very fun times. You know, we couldn't, couldn't wait to be released because we'd like go play house or something. And uh, those Solid. are some those are some fun days, you know. Um, so those are those are probably some of my fondest memories of Chinese church from when I was very young. Yeah, yeah, those were definitely some formative years. I just remember filling out workbooks in the morning, <laughs> and sometimes having some Bible memory, uh, r like recitation yeah no we had that too it's like you couldn't go play until you recited this bible verse and oh but but one thing that was bomb for sure was after service everybody kind of hanging out and eating lunch together yeah you know and then everybody kind of was just chilling and i think that sense of community is something that a lot of non-ethnic specific churches like don't really understand or don't like have to where 
you know they just like everybody within the church just gets together and hangs out together after just because when they leave that church service they're kind of going back into a world that's more difficult for them to navigate absolutely um but definitely definitely uh very yeah foundational to knowing the word loving people and figuring out what uh what god had in store so we're going to take a short break and we will resume shortly stay tuned thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the third culture kingdom podcast I know it's not the best produced audio at all, (laughs) but I'm honored that you took out some time to hang with us. For all the teachers out there, I apologize that I did not know that y'all had a National Teachers Appreciation Week. It should be a month. For all of our listeners, whatever burdens you have, past or present, God sees and knows you. I hope that you felt a little more seen, known, and understood today through our conversations and stories. To keep up to date with what's happening and what's to come, follow us at Third Culture Kingdom on Instagram or Facebook, and please leave us any DMs, comments, questions, or encouragements there. Join us next week for part two of this conversation, Blessings, Burdens, and Laughs, Adolescence. You are amazing. Take care. Thank you.